Everyone, welcome back. Consider everything investors have been through in recent years: a global pandemic, rapid inflation, war in Europe. It's reasonable to feel uneasy in the face of so much uncertainty. The stock market will go up and down. It always has. It always will. Thinking of a public financial market. As a huge information processing machine, when bad news comes in, price drop. When good news comes in, price rise. The stock market is constantly adjusting prices so that investors have a positive expected outcome. If the stock market have negative expected outcome, nobody will invest. One of the most important principles of investing is being a long-term investor. With investment plan, you can stick with it. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall from Zang Financial. Today is Monday, March twentieth, twenty twenty-three, with your weekly economic update. So last week we changed the format a little bit because of events that occurred, Silicon Valley Bank, and we're going to do the same thing today. But before even starting,、um, we're going to touch on banking news, up-to-date information, but also want to alert you to the fact if you haven't already seen or signed up for it. But on Wednesday, we're going to have a webinar, and the webinar is going to be focused on the health of the U.S. banking market. So we'll go through all of the Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Republic Bank information、uh, on an up-to-date basis and a more in-depth look at it. So. Today we'll start off. We'll touch on some of those topics and then go through the economic data from last week, how the markets responded, and very briefly tell you what economic data points are coming up this week. So、uh, the U.S. banking sector—that is all the news right now at this point.、Um, it was only six business days ago that Silicon Valley Bank was taken over by the FDIC, the Insurance Corporation.、Uh, it was really under stress, really. Only for two or three days before people even noticed anything was happening. So it was one of the most, one of the quickest evaporations we've seen of a financial institution. So right after that, two days ago, at two days after that, on a weekend, we also see, saw Signature Bank of New York being taken over by the FDIC, and so things looked pretty bleak last week. But two things occurred last week which were intended to stabilize the banking market, and I think these are. Great steps in that direction.、Uh, for one,、uh, the federal government, the Treasury, the FDIC, Federal Reserve came out and said all of the depositors for Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank would be made whole. As many of you know, there is actually a guarantee limit for deposits for commercial banks in the United States. That's two hundred and fifty thousand. So the government said they will、uh, honor everything above that. So great for depositors at those banks.、Um, again, that was a stabilizing measure. But I think the thing that was actually more key for the intermediate term for banks、um, was the Federal Reserve last week initiated something they've done before. It's called the Bank Term Funding Program, and this really addresses the problem that Silicon Valley had. Silicon Valley Bank, as I mentioned last week in the podcast. Was very much a funding slash liquidity issue, as there was a deposit run on the bank, and they didn't have liquidity to honor those deposits. That's why the FDIC had to step in, 
This bank term funding program by the federal government will make funds available to banks such as Silicon Valley Bank if they were running by their own. And what it does is take collateral U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. So ultimately, that was the downfall of Silicon Valley Bank because they had to sell those bonds that were on their, on their balance sheet at a loss, taking them under required capital levels. So this bank term funding program will lend against U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities at par. It's, it's, uh, this will be, I, I think, a very powerful uh, move to shoring up the banking sector and uh, confidence in it. So last week, also First Republic Bank of San Francisco, they were in trouble. Their stock price was down over 80% at one point. Uh, so it looked like they were going to need to be taken over by the FDIC, but uh, 11 large U.S. banks stepped in. Collectively, they deposited $30 billion into the bank, and First Republic also tapped government funds, including the bank term funding program, to shore up their liquidity so they may avert an FDIC takeover. The last bit of news to update you on was just this morning. Uh, Credit Suisse Bank, uh, domiciled in Switzerland, but huge operations here in the U.S., they have been on the ropes for quite some time. So they have both issues with credit quality in their portfolio and very heavy derivative exposure. So in terms of systematic risk, they were a key risk, uh, and they have been under pressure for several months. If you look at their bond prices, those were under pressure six months ago. So uh, another favorable event occurred today. Uh, Credit Suisse it was taken out by UBS, uh, United Bank of Switzerland. Uh, not so great for CS First Boston's uh, equity holders, but great for depositors, and I think great for the banking system. Now, just to scale this, Credit Suisse First Boston, if you don't know of them, one of the largest banks in the world. Silicon Valley, which failed here in the U.S., was the 16th largest U.S. bank. They had $212 billion of assets under management. CS First Boston is about six times that large, about $1.1 trillion in assets under management. So uh, a lot going on in the banking industry, a lot of pressure, but a very strong, decisive response by the federal government, by the Treasury, Federal Reserve, and the FDIC. So last week, in terms of economic activity, we did have a number of um, economic releases that normally kind of move the market. Hardly anyone paid attention with all the banking turmoil last week, but we'll just go through these really quick. Uh, we did have a, I would say, a favorable uh, inflation measure last week. So CPI came out, CPI and core CPI, both of those were in line with expectations. CPI came in at 6%, as expected, and CPI core came in at 5.5, as expected. So uh, for some investors, um, the rate of decrease in inflation is not fast enough for them. I think it's actually pretty impressive. When you take a look at the chart, uh, last June we were at 9.1% in terms of CPI. That has come down every month, 9.1, 8 8.5, 8.3, 8.2. Sequentially, now we're at 6%. So um, it's been heading in the right direction. Again, maybe not fast enough for everyone, but inflation is moving in the right direction. I do want to also point out, of course, that at this point, particularly last week, oil prices have been under pressure. 
and we really believe as of a year ago, oil price and all everything related to high oil prices were pushing the CPI up and constant, represented at least 40% of that increase that we saw of that 9.1% last June. So retail sales come in last week. They were slightly weaker than expected, came in month over month, minus 0.4%. The expectation was a minus 3%. But you may recall from a month ago, as we reported it, uh, there was a very strong January in terms of retail sales is up 3.2%. So if you look at the last four months in retail sales, three of them actually down month over month, but January was strongly up at a positive 3.2%. A couple of uh, housing indicators that were positive uh, last week, at least better than expected, housing starts, uh, 1.45 million, and the expectation was only 1.31 million. So that is a fairly large beat and a very strong increase month over month. Building permits, likewise, came in at 1.5 million. The expectation was closer to 1.3 million. So we've mentioned before that the Federal Reserve rate increases over the last year, about the only sector that's been significantly impacted has been real estate. But we're actually now starting to see a rebound, stabilization and rebound in certain housing metrics. Last thing for last week, uh, University of Michigan's consumer sentiment, that was weaker than expected, not surprising given all the concern about the banking sector. But that came in at 63 versus a consensus and last month's level of 67. So expectation for Fed rate hike. Everything has changed given this banking crisis. It is completely flipped. Expectations had been the Fed is going to continue tightening. Uh, I just saw a commentator only a week and a half ago uh, expecting a terminal rate or a final rate uh, Fed funds of over 6% completely changed now. So expectations for a Fed rate hike. Federal Reserve meets this week starting tomorrow. They'll announce a rate hike on Wednesday or not a rate hike, but the expectations now 62% probability built into the futures market that they'll increase 25 basis points, 38% probability they won't raise at all. But that's not the real shocker. The real shocker is the expectation for the rest of the year. Again, everyone had expected at least a 5.5% terminal rate, and we're currently at 4.5 to 4.75. The expectation now, there is a 99.3 probability that Fed funds rate at the end of December 2023 will be lower than who we're at today, which is at 4.5 to 4.75. So clearly, with all the banking issues that we've had and the expectation of a slowing economy, which we haven't seen yet, but the expectations of that happening, uh, investors are betting very strongly. The Fed, after Wednesday, only moves they're going to make to the the end of the year is cutting interest rates. GDP expectations. So I said we haven't seen any weakness flow through to the data. Last week, the Atlanta Federal Reserve actually increased their expectation for GDP here in the first quarter. Uh, They were at 2.6, 2.7 last week. They moved that up to a positive 3.2%. Now, um, we may come around that level. Not sure. Atlanta Fed has been pretty good at predicting. But my guess is the expectations as we roll forward to the second quarter, GDP, that number is going to be quite a bit lower. 
So inflation expectations. Again, with the Federal Reserve, all the changes, the expectation they're going to have to cut rates or we're going to have a slowing economy. Expectations for inflation dropped significantly last week. And you look at the chart, it's pretty impressive over the last two weeks. Expectations for 10-year average inflation has gone from over 2.5, finished Friday at 2.1%. So all of that information last week, markets were extremely volatile, uh, but equities were actually up, but it was very selective. So international was down. U.S. value was down. About the only thing that was up, and it was up very strongly, were the mega cap names, particularly large cap growth. Those were the names that got hurt really badly last year. I think they rallied last week in part because they were down so much last year, but also because these large cap tech names have no debt on their balance sheet for the most part. So interest rate increases or decreases really don't much matter to them, but decreases do matter to the valuation when you discount their future cash flow. So last week, growth in the U.S. was up 3%, value was down 1.74%. So clearly a migration rotation last week, large cap growth. I already mentioned uh, international markets were down last week, quite weak. In fact, the MSCI XUS was down 3.1%. Last thing, bonds rallied very strongly, particularly the two-year down 77 basis points. The 10-year was down 30 basis points. So the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index rose 1.43% last week. That is a huge, huge one-week move. Uh, And the one thing that sticks out for us and we feel kind of good about is corporate high yield, which had done pretty well year-to-date. That was down 40 basis points last week. That's what we would expect when uh, we have stress in the marketplace. People will migrate away from high-yield debt, and there will be a flight to quality. So that's great for our Zenk financial portfolios as we do not use high-yield debt in any of our portfolios. So this week in terms of news that's coming out, very light calendar this week. Existing home sales will come out tomorrow. No one will pay attention. Uh, but expectation is 4.16 million in new home sales or existing home sales, excuse me, versus 4 million in the month of January. So a slight increase. Again, we are starting to see stabilization and improvement in real estate numbers. The big one, of course, Wednesday, the FOMC meeting, as I mentioned, huge probability that or 68% probability they'll increase 25 basis points, but in increasing significant percentage, 32%, that they will not uh, make a rate increase. So last one for this week, new home sales, another real estate metric for us to watch. Uh, New home sales come out on Thursday. The consensus is 650,000. We had a surprise increase in the month of January, definitely beat expectations of 670,000. So again, expectation for February, 650,000. So that's it for me. Again, one last plug for it. Wednesday, our webinar, Deep Dive into the Health of the U.S. Banking System. That starts at noon. Uh, this is for just for Zang Financial clients. So if you haven't seen a notice on it, haven't signed up for it, and would like to, please notify your client service manager. And hope to see you then on Wednesday on the webinar. If not, hope to see you next Monday. Thank you.